the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's not ever going to be changing. God's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Welcome to Core Truth Radio, a radio ministry of Core Church Los Angeles with pastor and Bible teacher Steve Wilburn. Pastor Steve will be teaching us God's truth right from the Bible with lessons that we may not want to hear, but we need to hear. Let's jump right in today's study. Yeah, you can be rebellious and you can do what you want, but there'll be a price to pay for it. And so goes it, though, for those who claim to be Christians. Yet by their own actions, they prove to be quite the opposite. Because a lot of people can say whatever they want to say, but it's like, are they really what they say they are? And there's a lot of people that claim to be Christians and you look at their lifestyle and it's like, well, I don't know. That's why it says in Titus 1.16, they profess to know God. So there's people that will profess to know God. Yes, I am a Christian, progressive Christianity, you know, where they say, I'm a Christian. Yes, I believe the Bible. And then you start asking them more questions like, well, I don't believe in that. Well, no, I don't believe in that. So they say they believe in the Bible. They say they're a Christian, but it's like, well, they don't believe in this. and They don't believe in this. And they think this is okay and that's okay. And we change laws now and we need to be more progressive in our thinking. It's like, uh. No, God doesn't change. So he he says to those people in Titus 1.16, they profess to know God, but by their deeds, they actually deny him, being detestable and disobedient and worthless for any good deed. So God says, you know what? You're, You're disobedient. You're worthless for any good deed. So people can say whatever they want to say, but the end result is how you live is going to really prove what you say is true or not. Yes, for those who want to live by what they think is right in their own eyes, like the Gnostics did, be careful, because our hearts can, again, deceive us. Plus, we cannot make ourselves holy in any way ourselves. There isn't any sacrifice that we can do to make or replace Jesus dying on the cross. See, so many times, like, you know, if we mess up, we kind of want to do good to make up for it. Like, we kind of buy into the whole, you know, the good outweighs the bad. You know, like, okay, I really messed up here, so I'm going to be really good here. But, you know, let's remember, we can never make up for our sin, ever. And that's why Ephesians 2, 8, 9 says, For by grace you've been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is a gift of God that no one can boast. Okay, so we're saved by the grace and mercy of God. And look, when we mess up, yes, we need to go back to the Lord. And we need to say, God, I'm so sorry that I messed up here. And God, please forgive me. And if we cause people harm in whatever we did, we need to go back to those people and apologize to them. And that's and that's fun. And God will forgive us. He's promised to do that. Because again, for by grace we've been saved. That's God's unmerited favor. So don't try to make up for it. Don't try to, you know, go out of your way to do some sacrifice yourself. It's like, we can't replace what Jesus did. 
That's why when people say, oh, God could never forgive me. What do you mean God could never forgive you? Well, it's just, I've just been so bad. Well, no, well, God can still forgive you. Let's remember, it wasn't the blood of, of bulls and goats that was sacrificed for you and for me. It was God himself. He sacrificed himself. It was the blood of God. So, yes, we can be forgiven, you know. But Jude, he wrote this book to deal with the arrival of these false teachers, these Gnostics that were causing a moral apostasy, you could say, meaning it was causing people to abandon their real faith, leaving what they had once clung to for another gospel, another lifestyle, one without Jesus, one that was grasped onto through uh, whatever they thought was right in their own intellectualism. But remember what the Apostle Paul said in Galatians 1, 8 and 9. He says, look, if anyone comes to you, and preaches any other gospel than what I've preached to you and what you've heard from the apostles or the disciples, he says, let that person be accursed. So I said before, and I'll say it again, if anyone comes preaching any other kind of doctrine, let them be accursed, which is from the Greek word anathema, as far as separated from God as possible. So he says, God's word is never going to change. His message to us is never going to change. So when you start hearing something that's the new version, listen, if it's new, it's not true. Okay? Because God doesn't change. It's not going to be the new version. Oh, here comes the 2.0. Oh, the 4.0. It's not ever going to be changing. God's the same yesterday, today, and forever. But as we look in the book of Jude here at this one chapter book, I entitled it A Task at Hand. And the task that's presented to us is the task that we have all been entrusted to. And that is to communicate the gospel to a sick and a dying world. Understand, we have all been given gifts. We all have gifts. Now, some people seem to be gifted in sports. Other people are gifted in maybe writing and, and what have you. And the one gift that that is really the biggest gift that we have is we all have been given a gift of life. Like if you're here tonight, guess what? You're alive. You're alive, and, and you have breath, you have a mind, you have eyes, you have, a, you have a mouth that can talk. And it's like, that is a gift, because you could be used by God. So it doesn't matter your background, it doesn't matter how messed up you might have been at one point, doesn't matter. You're alive, and you know Christ is your Savior, oh my goodness. You have the greatest gift, because now you have the ability of taking the focus off of you and your drama and able to reach out to someone else and share a life-changing message with them. So we are stewards of our life. How are you being a good steward of your life? Because, see, we have to direct, like, what are we going to do? What am I going to allow myself? Am I going to go down this path over here? Am I going to go straight? Am I going to go over this way? How am I going to be a good steward of my life? Am I going to waste and squander my life? Or will I use my life for the glory of God? See, we have the control of our free time. You know, what we look at, what we talk about, and who we hang around with. So let me ask you, how are you managing your life in relation to the things of God? 
How are you managing that? I remember about, I don't know, four months ago or something like that, we had a $150 gift certificate that someone had given us. I think they had given it to us from last Christmas, and we had never used it for Ruth Chris. And, you know, Ruth Chris, you know, they they bring out the filet mignon. It's it's on a plate that's 500 degrees, and it's sizzling in butter. It's a beautiful thing. I used that $150 gift certificate for Ruth Chris, and I went and got it and brought it home. I'm like, must have filet mignon. But it wasn't the same. Because by the time I got it, and I got it home, and then we got it out, and, you know, and put it on a plate, and, you know, it was like, it's kind of, you know, cold now, and it just wasn't the same as it coming out on a plate, 500 degrees, with the sizzling butter underneath it, so that when you cut a piece, you kind of slather it in the butter, and, but I'm just saying, you know, you can be bitter about this and bitter about that, or, 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 you could just say, like, you know what, it is what it is. And I'm going to live my life to the glory of God. And I'm going to use this time, amen, and I'm going to manage my life to where I can minister to others. Because this season will pass, hopefully, we're hoping that it will. But anyway, with that in mind, we'll consider three points. They're short, short points. So let's look this at this first point. We're called to remember. And we'll read here, well, there's only one chapter here in Jude. So we'll read verse 17. It says, but you, beloved ought to remember the words that were spoken beforehand by the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ. Remember what they said, verse 18, that they were saying to you in the last time, there should be mockers following after their own ungodly lusts. Wow. Yeah. In the last time, what's going to happen? Yeah, well, we're living in the last days. And what he said is exactly what's happening right now. It's exactly what's happening. What's happening now? There's mockers that are mocking Christianity, mocking our belief system. You know, why do those Christians get to meet? It's like, you know, that's a waste of They're going to be super spreaders, you know, if they're meeting in churches, you know. You hear all of these things. But yeah, what do they do? They follow after their own ungodly lusts. That's right. Burn the Christians, and then let's do all of our wickedness. But notice Jews says, hey, guys, don't you remember that we were warned of the things that are happening. It was happening back then. Well, it's happening a lot more right now. That there would be those who mock us. There would be those in, that are, there's a falling away of people. Obviously, this has continued to get much, much worse today. Our world as a whole has turned its back on God's word. They deny God's power They deny the source of God's word. They say that God doesn't even exist. Yes, we must remember what's been written for us in the last days. Jesus spoke about it in Matthew chapter 24. In verse 4, he says, see to it that no one misleads you. And he repeats that in Matthew 24, four different times. He's talking specifically about the last days in Matthew 24. It's known as the Olivet Discourse. Verse 6, he says, and you'll be hearing of wars and rumors of wars. Verse 7, he says, for nation will rise against nation. In various places, there'll be famines and earthquakes. In verse 12, he says, and because lawlessness is increased, Most people's love will grow cold. Boy, you think lawlessness is increasing right now? More than we've ever seen it, at least in my life here in the United States. Lawlessness is increasing. First, Jesus said, see to it that no one misleads you. 
as we see many today misleading many. And what, what's the new catchphrase of now? Science. Science will save us. Yes, we have to listen to science because that's the only way out of this, you know. And science tells us to not wear masks. Then science told us to wear masks. You know, first science said, oh, this will just blow off and it's no big deal. Then science said, oh, no, we got to lock the whole world down. The problem is none of the scientists can agree with each other. And it's just crazy. So it's whatever science you want to believe. But no one's talking about a faith in God. No one's talking about that. No, it's just all science is going to save us. We have also 5,000 different belief systems or religions here in America alone. You know, people that believe in everything from, you know, the mainline denominations to cults, you know, to, you know, the tree and the rock is our God and, you know, all kinds of craziness that's out there. And yes, they all claim to be the truth. It was Jesus, though, that said there would be wars and rumors of wars. You know, the newest form of war is terrorism. You know, because if a nation attacks another nation, you know who did it, and you just go and do what you got to do. But terrorism is just so much harder to figure out. You know, it's it's proved to be a war that no country can really contain because it's just little cell members all over the place, all through the Internet, and it's just craziness. According to globalsecurity.org, out of the 197 different independent countries that are in the world today, there are over 150 of them that are in some type of dispute with one another. Okay, they've got some beef with each other. You know, a lot of them are about land grabs and all of this kind of thing. Yes, the world doesn't see eye to eye on much of anything anymore. All because man has yet learned to live at peace with man. So man has blown God off. God is nothing anymore. We're going to follow science, and yet man can't live with man. You know, so what does that tell you? So we're either fighting or talking about fighting which causes a lot of unrest, like what we see here in America today, with our country being very split on the direction of where we're going. I mean, our country is very split. I mean, it's amazing the massive divide that's happening in our country right now. Yes, Jesus said that lawlessness would increase at the end. And the more we defund the police, the more lawlessness is out there. It's amazing how they've already started defunding the police and like New York and all your major cities that have done that, the crime levels have spiked. Not like a little bit, like 200%. It's crazy. It's like all that has to happen for evil to prosper is to do nothing. (laughs) And it will just continue to go. Jesus also said in Matthew 24, verse 37 and 38, and he also repeated this in Luke 17, that it would also be like in the days of Noah and in the days of Lot. Now, those are two different civilizations that God completely destroyed. In Noah's day, he destroyed the whole earth, except for Noah and his family. And in Lot's day, he destroyed the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah completely. So when Jesus says, it's going to be like it was then, well, you want to go back and read. Well, what was it like then? So when we go back in the Bible, it's like, well, what was happening there that got God so roasted that he completely, well, roasted them. Okay, well, it's like we look back in those times and what was those two cultures having in common? They were both embracing radical sin. They were divorcing. They weren't staying married. They were party animals. And they were entering into sexual perversion and homosexuality. Wow. 
Okay, no one wants to hear that today. That's a buzzword that's going to kill everything, right? It's like you can't say, oh, homosexuality is something that's not normal. Well, no, sorry, it's not. And those things were happening, and what happened? Nations were destroyed because of that. The Bible says that man's thoughts were wicked continually, leaving God's heart grieved to the point that he was sorry that he made man. Look, anyone can fall into any kind of sin. It's like, you know, someone can fall into homosexuality, just like someone, homosexuality, just like someone can fall into uh, stealing and, and any other kind of sin that God says is sin. And so what happens then is like, well, what do we do when we fall into that? Look, everyone should have an opportunity to hear the truth of God's word and have an opportunity to repent. That's what I had. I was, I was caught up in all kinds of sin. There was no difference in my sin and homosexuality. I was having sex outside of marriage. So it's the same penalty. You're not going to be able to go to heaven. So I had to repent of my sin. I had to say, look, I need to stop doing this because God says it's wrong. So now I'm not trying to point out any people group here. Look, we're all sinners. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. And everyone has to have the opportunity or should have the opportunity to hear the truth and at least have the opportunity to repent of their sin. Amen. Leaving God's heart grieved. And so that's why, again, he judged and destroyed the earth, saving only one family, you know. But here we are in the 21st century and not much has changed. God will once again, listen, God is going to judge this world. Every person will have to give an account of his or her life before God. Yes, we are all called to remember what has been written in times past. It was in the book of Nahum. Uh, this is just a small Old Testament book. But it says that the Lord is slow to anger and he's great in power. And the Lord will by no means leave the guilty unpunished. So, The Lord is very merciful, he's very gracious, he's very loving. But if people have chosen not to repent of their sin, God is going to judge harshly. And that judgment is coming. And this is why we, as the vocal pieces of God, need to be vocal about our faith. Yes, because there is a day of reckoning that is coming to not only the United States, to the entire globe, the entire planet, to humanity. We should ask ourselves, does that make us happy? As Christians, does that make us happy? Because I think if some were honest, they would say, yeah, you know, I'm kind of excited about it because there's people on this planet that have made my life miserable. They're wicked people. They have mocked me, teased me, and I can't wait for that judgment so God can roast them and give them what they deserve, okay? And I think that if some people were honest, they think like that. But, you know, all that said, that judgment of God's going to be for eternity. It's going to be gnarly, you know, and, and we need to really, you know, think and, and desire to have the heart of God because God th- takes no pleasure in the death of the wicked. God doesn't get all, get a good high, hold the endorphins and God get all lifted up when he roasts people. No, no, God doesn't want to judge us. He takes no pleasure in that. He wants people to repent and come to know him. Uh, which brings up our second point, called to grow. Let's read what he says in Jude, verse 20. He says, But you, beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit, keep yourselves in the love of God, waiting anxiously for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ to eternal life. Yes, we're called to grow. And how do we do that? How do we grow? 
by building ourselves up in our faith. You know, the Bible says in Romans ten seventeen, it's by, you know, faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. So by coming to church, like some are here tonight, those of you that are watching online, man, you are doing exactly what God has told us to do. You're hearing God's word and it's, and it's your faith is growing. Yes, our foundation, our purpose is all found in Christ. There is a reason that we are alive in this difficult time that we're living in. You know, we must cling to the knowledge of that and say, look, God put me here in this time for a reason. You could have been born, you know, 500 years ago, 200 years ago, 100 years ago. But God allowed you to be born now in this time. This means that we must adhere ourselves to know the truth of God and to be used by God. You know, Jesus said in John 17, 17, that his word is truth and that we're to be set apart in it. And in verse 20, it says that we are to pray in the Holy Spirit. This is not some kind of hocus pocus praying here. This is simply praying God's will, praying that his will would be done in our lives. Understand, to really pray is to pray, but it's also to listen and we're reminded of this in Ephesians 6.18 where it says, With all prayer and petition, pray at all times in the Holy Spirit. And he says in James 4.15, And you ought to say, If the Lord wills, we will live and we will do this or do that. So it's like we should always be praying with that attitude of like, Well, Lord, you know, I'm praying for this, but Lord, your will be done. And, and, and have that attitude of listening like, Well, Lord, what is your will in this situation? Because, you know, praying with the expressed desire of submitting to what his perfect will is, is, is the best thing that we could ever do. And many times we don't pray that way. Why? Because, well, we're actually not praying for God's will. We're praying for our will. God, I need you to do this. You know, our Lord, I need you to give me that. But praying in the spirit means that, Lord, what is your will in this situation? Because I want your will to be done. In my life, notice for those praying in tongues, the heavenly language tongues, which I I pray in tongues at times. It says in First Corinthians fourteen two, for the one who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to God. For no one understands, but in his spirit he speaks mysteries. He goes on in verse 4 and says, the one who speaks in a tongue edifies himself. This is why it's so crazy. People have left our church because we don't allow people to speak in tongues and run around and jump up and down and all this. It's like, uh, well, you know, did you ever read what the gift of tongues was for? It was to edify you. This is a heavenly language that God has given to you to pray to him because it really knows what you need. See, because when we pray in ourselves. Lord, I need this, and I want that, and we're telling God what we want. But when the Spirit prays, the Spirit really knows what you need inside. And so it edifies you and builds you up, and it and it really prays for what you actually need, not for what you want. Yes, but uh, but yeah, we're called to grow, not by, uh, uh, by not only studying the Word of God, but by obeying what it says. That's keeping ourselves in the love of God, as it says in verse 21. And it's our responsibility to be obedient and faithful to our calling as Christians. Again, James 1.22 says, prove yourselves doers of the word. Okay, don't just be a listener of it, but, but do what you hear. So let me ask you, are you desiring to walk that way? Is that happening? Is the love of God moving inside of you that he can pour into your life? Are you open to that? To be used by him? 
Which brings up our third and quick point here, called to go. He says this in verse 22, And have mercy on some who are doubting. Save others, snatching them out of the fire. And on some have mercy with fear, hating even the garment polluted by the flesh. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling, that's God himself, and to make you stand in the presence of his glory blameless with great joy, to the only God our Savior through Jesus Christ our Lord, be glory, majesty, dominion, and authority before all time and now and forever. Amen. Amen to that. Now, he says, yes, we are called to go. We're called to have mercy on those who doubt. And sometimes you can look at someone, you're trying to tell them about Jesus and they don't get it. And you're just like, you know, you're an idiot. <laughs> you know, it's like, no, no. Have mercy on those who are doubting the word and to bring the message of salvation to those that are in the fire. Thanks for joining us for Core Truth Radio. You've been listening to pastor and Bible teacher Steve Wilburn of Core Church Los Angeles. If you'd like to hear more messages by Pastor Steve, download the Core Church Los Angeles free app available on iOS and Android. Core Truth is sponsored by and a listener-supported outreach of Core Church LA. If you have been blessed by this program, consider supporting our radio ministry by texting Core Church LA, that's Core Church LA, one word, to 77977. You can also give via our app or online at corechurchla.org, as well as writing to our P.O. Box 34789, Los Angeles, California, 90034. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.